0: Hi, we want to thank you for uh, joining us on the Heights Baptist podcast. On this podcast, you'll not only hear our weekly sermons, but also matters of topics which we delve into to help build your faith in Jesus Christ, or maybe possibly even come to know Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. You know, here at Heights, our mission is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. My name is Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Heights. I am joined uh, with my esteemed colleague, uh, Pastor Matt Hogan, who is our worship pastor Uh, And as we get started this week, Matt, how many instruments do you really play? Because on the recent service, you pulled out the harmonica again, which we love. But like, how many do you play? I was wondering that. I don't know, maybe about half a
1: dozen. Half a dozen, okay. I mean, the question isn't how many do I play. The question is how many do I play well enough to play in front of people? Right. (laughs) I can play Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star on a bunch of stuff.
0: Right. Okay, gotcha. Well, well, another episode on what Matt actually plays, and we'll we'll get them listed out. Uh, But uh, on this episode, we have been dealing with questions um, that have been listener-submitted. This is episode uh, number three in which we're going to talk about cancel culture, and this is coming off of a series that we did recently called Asking for a Friend, uh, where we went over different topics and tough questions of the faith, and so for our listeners, if you have missed any of that series, you can check them out here on the podcast, our YouTube station, uh, where they're watching us today. But we got submitted in the, the question, what does the Bible say about cancel culture, Uh, And how do we as Christians kind of live and operate within cancel culture? Now, some of our listeners may not be real familiar with the term cancel culture. Um, So I'm going to give it kind of a a quick definition. And I think when we define it, then everybody's going to go, oh, that's what that is. (laughs) Because it's very prevalent uh, in 2020 and really has been growing over, I would say, the last couple of years. But cancel culture, we can define it as this. It happens when a group seeks to cancel someone or something often based on a single disqualifying factor. So uh, when a group seeks to cancel someone or something often based on a single disqualifying factor. And so like I said, that's probably a, a, a culture that's been building over the last several years. Uh, but I think we're maybe seeing it more now and the, the height and peak of social media and, yeah. and media. So what do you, Matt, kind of maybe what, what are some examples you can think of of, of cancel culture at play?
1: Yeah, well, um, let's see. So kind of in the kind of media and politics area, I would say one of the most uh, one of the best kind of recent examples would be would have been what happened to Megyn Kelly. Now, Megan Kelly was on Fox News for many, many years, mm-hmm. and then a couple of years back, uh, she moved over and she had a show on NBC. Yep. Uh, and there was a situation where there was a discussion on that show um, over some kind of racially charged, mm-hmm. over some racially charged issues, and and, and Megan asked what I, I thought was a, a con- an honest question about, well, is this or is this not? you know, racially inappropriate or racially insensitive. Um, And then she, she was fired from the network within a matter of days. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I think that's, it's important when you're talking about cancel culture, you're not talking about speaking the truth to power. You're not talking about calling out bad behavior, but it's taking it a step further to say that because of, this thing that this person has said or done, usually in online, um, they need to not have a platform. Mm -hmm. They need to not have a voice and they need to not have a job. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's not just a matter of saying, hey, this thing that was said, we don't like it. It's more like you're usually whipping up some kind of an online mob, usually on Twitter. Right. Um, you get a lot of people saying, you know, hey, this person, this person needs to be fired. Yeah. This person's advertisers need to be boycotted. They need to no longer have a platform. Right. And that's one of the things that I think is just kind of unfortunate. Um, there, are, there are times where um, where canceling is appropriate. Um, uh, uh, one of the guys uh, that's popular in our circles is mm-hmm. a comedian by the name of John Christ. Um, and John Christ sort of has a niche had a niche following because he was really good at at good naturedly poking fun Mm -hmm. at the christian subculture and at the homeschooling subculture. And he did it in a way that made us all laugh. You know, as as somebody who's been involved in church culture and is a part of homeschooling culture, I can always laugh and say, (laughs) okay, that's funny. You know, Um, recently, uh, within the last year or so, Mm -hmm. some evidence came to light of some very bad behavior on his part. You know, basically he was living a a promiscuous lifestyle. And so obviously his his, uh, audience being mostly church people vanished overnight. I and mean, I think you even had tickets, didn't you?
0: We went to a show uh, almost about this time last year. And because that came up on the good old Facebook memories. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've, we've been, and like you said, there's, he had some good material, very on, good material, you know, yeah. and I would say, uh, poking fun at, at Christians in a, in a, in a respectful way. Yeah. Like I never felt like he went way over the line or, or, you know, being a family that has homeschooled and still homeschools now. Yeah, the homeschoolers, we could we could all laugh at that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, and, and I mean, so I think those are two examples. Um, and, and what's funny is I, I kind of Googled this morning, like cancel culture examples 2020, you know, I mean, and even Google can produce a lot of examples. They kind of said, here's what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think we're seeing it so quickly Um, Even in everyday life that it's hard to even really, you know, I mean, you gave two good examples, but to list out a bunch because you may hear a news story even about just a, a regular person who maybe tweets something that's inoffensive or racial and that could go viral. Yeah. And then it goes viral and then their company calls them in the next morning and says, you're fired. Yeah. And I mean, there's news stories that come out often about that. And and so let's think about then, you mentioned Twitter, uh, you know, Facebook, those are kind of probably the two most popular areas we're going to run into kind of the cancel culture uh, discussion, you know, Instagram's for pictures and, you know, TikTok, where we're, we're just not going to talk about TikTok. So <laughs> I haven't understood TikTok quite yet, but... Twitter and and Facebook is where you'll hit a lot of that. How then, kind of taking this question a little further and and getting at the heart of it as as Christians, how do we interact with one another in social media, in a culture that is very quick to just pounce on everything? And I think you said it right. It's no longer just somebody maybe even offering a sincere apology it's no. This this person has to lose the platform, or this person has to be fired. I mean, they've they've got to be canceled in a way. So, so how do we? Let, let's kind of delve into that. How do we how do we operate in this world now online? Well, remember that every time
1: you post something, if you're a if you're a person who's public about their faith, right? You know, if people know that you're a follower of Jesus. Anytime you interact with somebody online, whether it's a a YouTube video or a post or a comment or a tweet, um, you need to be aware of the fact that you're representing Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. to everyone who's going to see that. Right. Um, And so I think it's really important to put yourself through the same thought process when you're interacting online, as you would when you're getting ready to have a conversation with somebody um, in person. In fact, I think that's just... Really good advice, generally, uh, one of the reasons why we see so much bad behavior and vitriol online mm-hmm. is because the the fact that we're using technology puts a little bit of an artificial barrier between the person that you're communicating with or that you're communicating about and your keyboard right and so it kind of encourages or allows people to say things that they would never say to somebody's face, yeah yeah. You know, and, and so I think that's a really kind of a good um, thought experiment to just put yourself through when you're getting ready to write something. Say, is this something I would be comfortable saying to somebody's face? Yeah. Or saying to somebody in person about somebody else? Right. Um, and if the answer is no, yeah. you need to think about whether or not it's a good idea to post that or to tweet it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think through it also to build on what you said um, is this going to encourage? somebody? Or is this going to bring more division? Um, you know, thinking through social media, because uh, I, I think social media is a place we can have some fun. Like, I don't think it always has to be serious posts. You know, I'll, I'll post some goofy stuff every once in a while myself. Uh, but I've tried to really think through some of my social media usage and, okay, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm going to post a little bit more about my family or about my church Um, I'm going to not post as much or maybe not interact as much with people, uh, because you do, you, like you said, you kind of have that artificial barrier with the keyboard and the monitor or the phone, wherever you're, you're, um, you know, interacting on. Um, and is it honoring to God? If I am going to comment back to somebody, um, have I thought through it? Have I, paused, have I reflected, have I prayed? I mean like these are things as a culture we don't really do. And I'm not just saying non-Christian culture. I'm saying Christian culture. Yeah. Like I mean there are things like we just spew it out. And I know that I've been guilty of it at times too where I've I like hit back on something in a comment and then I'll pause. I'm like, oh no. And I like hit the delete button and I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit gets on me a little bit. So let's let's kind of keep going down that avenue a little bit more on um on just, just what, what are some good ways if we, if we encounter something on Facebook or, or Twitter um, that may be a little controversial or how, how, just what do we do? If we know that person, like what do, how, do we, how do we help that situation go better? I was going to say, you got to know your audience. Right. Um, one of the things
1: you'll see about especially comment threads on Facebook is things can escalate quickly. Yeah. And something that can start out as a, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting perspective. I think I might disagree with that perspective. Right. You can, it can start polite and it, become, it can become a dumpster fire
0: very quickly. Yeah, one comment can set off the rest. <laughs> so,
1: so to be honest with you, this is kind of how I think about it. Um, if I don't know the person that I'm commenting mm-hmm. or if I don't know them well, I, it's probably not worth commenting because it, I'm not gonna change their mind. Right. If they're a person that I know and love and care about enough, that I feel like I really need to talk to them about what they're Mm -hmm. what they're expressing online. I probably have that person's phone number Mm -hmm. and I probably need to pick up the phone and say, hey, brother, I saw saw this thing on Facebook and I just I was wondering where you were at. And I I felt like I wanted to have a conversation. Does that make any sense? So I'm just saying I'm not saying you don't ever comment. But a lot of times, like if I make one comment and then they comment back, if you're getting into the second comment on a Facebook thread, <laughs> like it's not going into a good place. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So I just, a lot of times I just comment very sparingly. Right. And, and sometimes less is more. Yeah. You know, once you get involved in that discussion, just kind of be aware, just kind of take the temperature of the, of the mm-hmm. room, if you will, and just kind of be aware that these things can go off the rails very quickly. Right. Um, yeah. And consider your audience. You know, you're, you're not going to change. You're not going to necessarily change hearts and minds in a Facebook thread or in a a Twitter thread. But what you are going to do is by each one of those comments, anybody who sees that is aware that you are representing Jesus Christ. Yes. So it's really important to, even once you get into the nitty gritty of, well, I said this, but I actually meant this. And how how are you defining this? As those interactions go out, just be aware of the fact that you're constantly representing who Jesus is to the world. Yeah. Um, When it comes to, when you're interacting on behalf of a public figure,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, if somebody posts, you know, this person said this thing and it's terrible and you, you know, and you might be of the opinion, like, ah, they, they said a thing, but I don't think it's as terrible as you thought it was. Um, that public figure probably isn't going to see that post. Right. Um, but all of your Facebook friends might. Yeah. So all just always be aware of the fact that you're representing Jesus
0: Christ. Sure. I think
1: that's just really, really important.
0: Yeah. And if you would, you know, and I think of it this way of, uh, what you type and post is really what you say, yeah, I mean I know I know we've talked about kind of that there's that uh, disconnect between the person because of the keyboard and screen, but your your voice is your post or your tweet, you know and so you are you are telling a narrative, you are telling a story um, about your life, about what you believe, about what you you know convictionally have um, you are you are storytelling through post and and kind of the twitter feeds and so you know i think through that also um because there are times i i come to kind of christians facebook pages and i know they're a believer um but by like scanning through i wonder if they are like, and i don't mean that to be mean but i'm yeah. just like really like i mean there's never a mention about jesus there's never mention about a church you attend you know there's never mention about maybe prayer or just anything you're reading in the bible but I mean, ask me what they believe about a politician, and I could you know I could roll it out you know right. and so I think there is I want us as 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 christians to to kind of redeem these things mm-hmm. you know and and to do better because I do believe you know the social media is obviously not going away right, and it's there there is redemption that we can have in the purpose of it to to turn it toward good mm-hmm. and and to use it to introduce people to Jesus, you know, uh, and so I think there's there's that. So let's say, uh, because you mentioned the comments, and and one of the things that is hard about going back and forth, you know, on, on the social media when, within the comments is you don't get to see body language. You don't get to hear tone of voice. There is that, well, I typed this, but I didn't really mean it that way right. uh, type thing. So you, you run into that situation. Uh, you kind of get heated with someone. How does you know, maybe they offend you. How does Matthew 18 going to the brother or sister in Christ, how does that apply through this? Or do we just go, Hey, cancel culture. Don't worry about it. We're, we're scot-free. We don't need to, we don't need to pursue this anymore as Christians.
1: What the Matthew 18 principle lays out is the principle that when we're resolving conflict, we want to keep the number of people involved as small as possible. Mm -hmm. So you can see how when we're in the, in the world of social media, immediately we've got a problem because if you're going back and forth with somebody on social media and things get heated, you're having that conversation in front of hundreds or thousands of people, depending on how many followers you have or how many friends you have on Facebook. So um, it's really important to remember, you know, so, so if you've got a brother or a sister and you get into a disagreement, you feel like there's something like there, there's words that need to be said, you know, there's been a relationship that's been damaged, especially to right. somebody, you know, personally. Yeah. Send them a DM mm-hmm. or pick up their phone, pick yeah. up the phone and call them. Right. Don't ever try to resolve conflict in a public place. Yeah. Don't ever call somebody out publicly on Facebook. Try and do it as privately as possible, mm-hmm. you know, now when it's a public figure, when it's not somebody, you know, I mean, I, I think it's it's fair to say, like, there's there's a place for us um, kind of telling truth to power. Mm-hmm. And if something has has been said publicly that we disagree with, it's OK to comment on that publicly. Right. But especially when you're trying to redeem Personal relationships that may have had damage online—you want to keep that circle as small as possible. I think that's what Matthew 18 would have us do.
0: That's good. That's real good because I think there is, like you said, there's a there's a space and a time for us maybe to to publicly say, hey, we don't agree with this, Mm -hmm. which we can still do very respectfully, by the way. Yes. You know, and and that's a whole nother probably topic. Um, And I've had to do that some. Uh, where where people maybe want to get into a debate with me on things. And again, Christian, non-Christian, I've had it uh, either way. And then I'll, I'll hop on and private message them and go, look, like, here's my number. You know, give me a call. If you're local, you know, you can go drink coffee. I'm going to grab a Dr. Pepper while we sit down and meet because— I'm not adult enough to drink coffee. We have all determined this, uh, and, and let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, because this this isn't going to go well, or this just not going to be able to hash this out online. It's a deeper conversation, mm-hmm. and and so I think that's great. That's good, good advice. And so you know, I, I would encourage our listeners to kind of think through things before they post. You know, pray. Maybe that whole adage of type it, leave it, walk away pray, come back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So applying some of the biblical principles, be, be, uh, you know, slow to speak, quick to listen. Um, And I think the other thing that we, we didn't touch on here, but I will just kind of wrap it up is to remember people on the other end, they're humans. Yes. They're people. They're created in the image of God. They're loved by God. You know, uh, that may be another brother and sister in Christ, or it, it may not be a Christian yet, but. But that type of testimony of, of how we can disagree in love mm-hmm. can, can maybe show them Jesus in a new way they've never, uh, you know, experienced before. And so just to kind of, in this, in this culture we have of these quick reactions, just to slow down. Yeah. You know, let the facts come out. I mean, you know, that's a whole other topic of things sometimes when this person said this or this. And, you know, we have this rush of news media now where, we're almost inventing news as it goes instead of waiting, you know, just kind of let the facts come out and play out and see before we, we make those judgments. So anything else to add before we, we wrap up?
1: Uh, there was just one thing I wanted, I was thinking about what we were just saying about kind of just letting the facts come out and how there's a lot of bad information yeah. out, especially if you get into like Twitter. Right. And you know, the thing is, is that, that Twitter drives the news these days. Yeah. You know, so, um, one of the things I was thinking about uh, that happened uh, last year was uh, you had that the situation with the the kids from the Covington Catholic High School mm-hmm. where um, there was a story about what happened that was immediately jumped on by, you know, all of Twitter and celebrities yeah. and politicians were, you know, calling for these kids to be expelled and right. pro- calling for them to be prosecuted. And then a day or two later, you started to see more of the story and you started to see a very different picture of what actually happened yeah. than what twitter first thought was the right. was the read um so it's never a bad idea i know we live in this in this world where you know the, the reactions are inter- instantaneous as believers in jesus christ it's never a bad idea to wait a little while right. before speaking into an issue yeah because Good. some new information may come to light yeah um when you and pastor chris were talking about um about a race and culture in the church a few months back, uh, you brought up something that I thought was really, really insightful, which is when you share bad information on Facebook, that's a form of gossip, right? When you're telling tales, when you're, when you click that share arrow without kind of taking a few minutes to kind of examine that thing that you saw that you thought, you know, the rest of the Twitter world needed to, to see or the rest of your Facebook friends needed to see. And you didn't take a few minutes to contact I mean, we're not, we're not investigative journalists, yeah. but you can do a Google search. Right. You can, <laughs> you can see a meme that comes across yeah. your newsfeed and say, is that really, are, are, are those numbers accurate? Right. Did he really say that? Did she yeah. really do that? And um, I think it's do to do a little bit of due diligence mm-hmm. uh, before we share, because like you said, not only uh, is the world watching in the way that we interact, in the way that we comment, but also they're looking at the things that we share. Yeah. And so to just sort of be mindful of that. Right. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but if you share a link uh, like on Facebook, you may have a post getting your thoughts on that link and then you share it. But then somebody else shares that link, all they see is that there's a link and you shared it. Right. And so sometimes that link is taken out of the context that you may have put on it. Right. So just again, always be very careful. Yeah. You know, and think twice before you share, before you tweet, before you post.
0: That's good. That's good. Thank you, Matt. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening and watching episode uh, number three here. Next week, we are going to, in episode number four, talk about voting because the election is right around the corner. This is gonna be a fun one. And so we're gonna talk about how do Christians vote? Uh, You know, how do we kind of process who we vote for and what candidate and platforms. And so we encourage you uh, to listen or watch that episode. Thank you, as always, for sharing this around with your friends, uh, because I think this is good to share, right? We could share this. And so if you're interested more about Heights, we'd love to see you in person Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. Or you can watch us and interact with us online at our Heights Facebook page or our Heights YouTube page. We have a live stream service at 10.30 every Sunday morning there. So thank you for listening, watching this week. Hope you have a great week and God bless.